Welcome to the premiere episode of Pod Club. The podcast where we dissect, laugh, and provide commentary on the insane number of podcasts we listen to. I am Lauren. And I'm Brittany. And we're cousins who decided to take our views out of WhatsApp and share them with you, the listener. Hey, Lauren. Hey, girl. How have you been? I'm excited. <laughs> I'm so excited that we're launching this podcast. I'm really excited about this episode. How you been? I've been good. I'm glad that we are here on this lovely Saturday recording this podcast because we got a lot to get into, honestly. This episode's feature had me hooked. This is the perfect, perfect podcast to start with. It was so riveting. The production, the structure of the story. I, I learned a lot, to say the least. I agree with you. I mean, if you can't tell by the title of the episode, we're talking about King Slime, the prosecution of Young Thug and YSL. This is a podcast brought to us by crime and politics reporter George Cheedy and music journalist Christina Lee. The show is an in-depth look into Young Thug's career and what got him on police's radar in the first place. So Lauren, let's get into it. Girl, yes. yes. There's a lot going on in this six-part series. But let's just start with the groundwork because Young Thug has been gone for a minute. Okay. A long time. So so yes. let's just go through the, the, the basics. The who, the what, the where, and the when. It gives like beginning to sort of end, really. And it's really fascinating to hear how the whole beef started with some people. I'm not going to lie to you. I knew nothing about this. <laughs> <laughs> I knew nothing about this. Yeah. So literally all of it was like, what? Right. I mean, honestly saying for you listener we're gonna try to distill this down and maybe you'll check out the pod for yourself so let's let's just talk about who we're dealing with in this podcast this is following yes. jeffrey lamar williams aka aka young thugger young thug atlanta's own atlanta's <laughs> own and in april or sorry was it april may so may may 22 he was mm -hmm. arrested and is now facing eight counts of a 65 count indictment against him for some pretty major stuff he's being accused of violating the georgia gang laws okay what are they trying to get him for essentially being the leader of a gang law officials believe that his record label a young stoner life young slime life yeah is also uh -huh. a street gang that's what they're saying mm. Yeah, that is what they're saying. I mean, Young Thug reps YSL pretty heavy. It is all alleged. And so even in these indictments, they look pretty, pretty steep because there's a lot of people involved in this whole issue. Oh, 28 really. people were arrested. We're talking about Young Thug yeah. because he's the superstar in this, but 28 people were arrested. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> if this were just about rap and a gang, it would be kind of straightforward, I guess. But what was the most interesting mm -hmm. part to me is this long-standing beef. And because, again, I knew nothing about this. I heard he got mm -hmm. arrested. I didn't know why. I didn't know what was going on. But apparently, there's been a gang war for the last at least decade. And they've been following right. Young Thug and YSL for the better part of a decade, which is like, oof. That was surprising to me. I said, hold on. They've been looking at him for 10 years? That's crazy. <laughs> but... So if we're talking about what this podcast is about or what the podcast brings up, they talk about like the first domino to fall in this to mm -hmm. even lead to his arrest. I know there are different perspectives on what the first domino effect was. I honestly thought it was the murder of Peanut. What was his name? Donovan Thomas. Do you remember that name? Because that was the first episode with the barber. Yes. To me, that seemed like that was the first domino effect. I think that was the Molotov cocktail. 
from what I got from the podcast, they were talking about the beef between YF and Lucci and Young Thug. And okay. we're talking gang activity, but I don't think we really talked about what the podcast brings up, which is why they're asserting that YSL is actually a gang as well. Apparently, Young Thug has been a part of gang activity since he was like eight, which yeah, blows my mind. Sure. Blows my mind. I I, I know statistically that's how it goes, but like, what is happening? (laughs) No, it's really scary, which is why, again, it's not surprising. Like, he's been about that life. (laughs) An interviewee Mm -hmm. in the podcast, Chuck C., who used to be in the street gang life, he talked about how in the beginning, it usually starts out when you're young and you're just finding Mm -hmm. love among your friends. Right. Because he was saying it started small, like small steps, like, either stealing a little bit, but then as they got older, it progressed into, okay, now I got to protect my my territory. What I really liked about the pod is how at every step of the way, it kind of guided you to understand what world we're in, why this is happening, what are the motivations behind everybody. And like even Chuck C going through the childhood to gang life pipeline, it was really Mm -hmm. interesting to hear. Sad, but really interesting to hear. So we left off on kind of the first domino to fall. Knowing that there's this alleged gang activity since Young Thug was eight, there's the idea that there's been this gang war against Young Thug and who we mentioned before, YFN Lucci, who is also apparently Mm -hmm. a part of the same gang set. Not, well, different set, same umbrella, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Yes, yes. Yeah, because one of the detectives, I don't remember her name, I forgot the term that she used, but basically it's like the legit. Oh, the hybrid gangs versus traditional gangs. So the traditional gangs in this case are the Bloods and the Crips. Let's just stick to that. And that that investigator, she talked about Young Thug's set as being a hybrid. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the same with YF and Lucci, but they both exist under the traditional gang umbrella, which is Bloods. Apparently, Bloods run Atlanta. I mean, they, they definitely do, especially on Cleveland Ave. What was the street that they called... They don't say... Cleveland. Cleveland Avenue. Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. why am I saying all this? It's because when we talk about the domino, the Donovan Thomas murder was the biggest issue. And that's the one that I think this, that they're alleging that this case is hinging on. But before all of that, there's allegedly all these different crimes that have been committed as a part of Mm -hmm. YSL against YFN. Mm -hmm. There was that, oh my gosh, I don't know how I missed this, but there was that whole back and forth Twitter finger situation between Young Thug and YFN Lucy. And mm-hmm. you feel like Donovan is the is the uh, domino. But to me, yes. it's when Young Thug said to YFN, tweet it back to him. If I ain't like what you yeah. do for your mother and kids, I would have been killed you. I'm sorry, sir. You would like a war. Yes. Because even with, with Peanut or Donovan Thomas, one of the main reasons why, allegedly, was when I think he told his brother before he died was Thug had me yes! killed. And so that relate to the police, to the, the law enforcement. That's how the podcast opens up, is with this story of Donovan yes. Thomas. So I get that it's a huge domino in this story, but like detail that, that little moment real quick for the mm-hmm. listeners, because it was crazy. Yes, yes, because when they open up the first episode, they're interviewing this barber who knew him pretty well, and he tells the story of witnessing the shooting, having to call the police or whatever. At 10.06 p.m., Thomas would die. But before he did... Police allege he whispered something to his brother. Four words 
that would change everything. Thug had me killed. That's how we open up the series. So you got to yes. keep listening. Yes. Like that is a hell yes. of a accusation. That's a cliffhanger. That's a cliffhanger. Yes. But also that's what the whole case is hinging on. That's a major component to the case itself. So Donovan is the biggest one to fall just before him. We're talking, we're still talking about dominoes here. So there's the B, the mm-hmm. Twitter beef that apparently YF and Lucci started. When Thug came oh, out with his that? album cover, he was, he was wearing the dress or the skirt and there's like this online beef or whatever. And it goes back and forth. Yes. They allege in lyrics that things were said about certain posturing against each other, against each other's sets, mm-hmm. you know, YFN versus yes. YSL. And that just went back and forth. Stuff on social media. Right. But see, the the scary part about this beef is that it was not just a Twitter beef. It wasn't. Like, but that's the thing. I mean, the two superstars haven't been killed yet. There's been some other people. Yeah. But they are not just talking when they're on Twitter. Mm-mm. Like, no. you don't no. want to be wherever the two of these people are when they run into each other. That's what this is. No. Yeah. And you don't want to be where their affiliates are when they run into each other. And that's those are the types of things that mm-hmm. kept happening before Donovan was actually killed. And then once Donovan was killed, right. it was like, boom. But even before that, right. I keep skipping over this part. Woody. Woody was at the club. He had just got out of jail. I think it was on a gun charge or something like that. He had just got out of jail, went to the club, went to T.I.'s club. Crucial. Is it still around? I have no clue. I'd probably not. (laughs) Went to Club Crucial, had his stack out, his money, Mm -hmm. his bands, showing off. And a YFN affiliate allegedly Mm -hmm. tried to rob him. And apparently mm-hmm. ever since then, they've had it out for this dude who was y- YFN affiliated. And apparently not long after that is when Donovan ends up being killed. So there was a lot of a lot of little things along the way. <laughs> and it's making me wonder, and I, because there are a lot of unfortunate, like in it, innocent people that have been affected by it. Like, I think it was YFN's mom's house was shot up or something like that. And then one of Young Thug's baby mamas was, was killed, killed yeah but the podcast alleges that the family and the police say that it had nothing to do yes. with anything in the gang war it was just an escalated right. argument which okay can we just we're at a bowling alley we're fighting over a bowling ball and there's a gun involved and that resulted in and, and now somebody? and now this girl is dead there's exactly. no way exactly and I, which I can appreciate about the podcast, it's really excellent investigative oh work, gosh, really and so truly. Good. They didn't show any type of biased opinions or anything. Just this is what we found in our investigation. But I do like the fact that they sprinkled it in like, hey, we don't really know, but this is what happened during this timeline. And even what, at some point, wife and Lucci was stabbed a few times. So it's so many things were happening. Uh, <laughs> okay, since we, since we go in there. Before Young Thug was arrested in May 2022, the year before YFN mm-hmm. Lucci, a.k.a. Rayshawn Lamar Bennett, was arrested and <laughs> has a 105-count <laughs> indictment on him. Mm-hmm. And YSL was apparently referenced seven times in that indictment, which that was interesting to me because George Chidi, the crime mm-hmm. and politics reporter, he said he knew the police were coming for Young Thug. And yeah. so he believes Young Thug had to know they were coming for him. Right, and he's, he did he say said that it because he YSL was mentioned seven times in the YFN yeah. Lucci indictment. So mm-hmm. that yeah. was really interesting to me. 
Right. Because I don't know if you remember, it was one segment. I don't remember the detective's name, but they were interviewing. They were trying to get information from, from Woody. Guy. That was this. That, yes, was, that Woody? was Woody. It was Woody. He was the one who Kelvin Watts tried to rob. Because he sounded pretty young. Yeah, they're all and young. He said, young Thug he, is only like 33. Yeah. <laughs> they're true. all young. And you got to remember, this, the robbery and all that stuff, That Donovan was killed, I want to say, in 2015. So remember, this is yeah. happening over a 10-year time span. And when the podcast goes into right. it, it goes from his childhood until mm-hmm. the first domino to fall in this entire case. Mm-hmm. But I cut you off. Woody was being interrogated. Yes, he was being interrogated. And obviously the the investigator, the detectives, you know, they were putting some pressure on him. And whether this this guy was telling the truth or not, but he was basically like, I told them, like, it's going to catch yeah. up. Like, they they watching me. He did say that. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to me the idea that YSL or Young Thug apparently should have known that the police were coming for him more than a year before they actually came to him because of all of the stuff we talked about, all the crimes, the robberies, the murders, the shootings, the things like that, mm-hmm. that led up to May 2022. Right. Do you think perhaps he thought he was invincible because he's gotten to this fame? He, he technically did beat the odds. He's rich. He's popular. He's doing his thing. Do you think he felt invincible? That's a good question because I feel like... You know, I've watched so many cocaine cowboys and like (laughs) mafia movies and mob movies. And they do get to a point where they really do think they're untouchable. It's hard to say because Mm -hmm. I don't follow Young Thug like that to know what is his persona. Mm -hmm. I'm only getting these facts from this podcast. So I can't really say, Mm -hmm. like, did he think he was invincible? Or is he innocent? (laughs) Like... Or is he innocent? That's the other thing. Like, yeah, I I don't know if I lean towards innocent. Not to say that I've followed his career fully, but I mean, Young Thug ain't no joke. I think the name speaks for itself. I mean, literally, he started young, (laughs) so he's the big fish. Anytime that police can get the big fish, they're gonna drop it all on you. And the people right under you, they're gonna pressure them, and they'll unfortunately become snitches. That's always the story. Yeah. So where are we now? Well, at, at the time of the recording, I forgot how many were in jail. At this point, Gun is free. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about yeah. it in episode two. But mostly everybody that was indicted under the YSL case is in Fulton County Prison, which sounds like mm-hmm. an abs. I mean, okay, let's be clear. Sure. I feel like all prisons are a nightmare, but Fulton County sounds like where nightmares are created. They're understaffed, so people are dying all the time. That's yeah. Literally what they say in the podcast, people die here all the time. But right now, most of the people in the YSL indictment are there. And then YFN people are there as well. YFN Lucy specifically Mm -hmm. is in Fulton County Prison. And then Thug is somewhere else, right? Thug is in Cobb County. But at Fulton County, YFN Lucy, they tried to kill him twice. YSL affiliated folks tried to kill him twice. And even in the podcast, it alleges that uh, the second attempt at his life, um, came at the permission of Young Thug, which mm. at this point, when they're talking about the second attempt, Young Thug was still free at the time. So this is yes. before his arrest. And they didn't expound on that in, in the podcast, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah, it is It is crazy. On top of that, I don't know if you remember this. I don't know if this, this police officer was connected to, but do you remember they said like there was a police officer that was dating? I'm telling the- you, Woody. It was Woody. <laughs> So to be clear, listener, Woody 
<laughs> what is Woody's actual name? I can't remember his actual name, but Woody is, he's the uh, the, the core group of YSL. Yeah. The, the lady tried to, to delete records. She tried so to, like, where is she now? Did they even say? Oh, I'm pretty sure she's in prison. When we found out about Woody, I guess really for the first time in the podcast, it was because Young Gunna and Thug had posted bond for six people. But one of them who was supposed to be in there for murder was uh, included in that bond by accident. And it was because that police officer wow. was tampering with the records. That's crazy. Crazy. Why are you willing to lose your job like Listen, that? Love make you do crazy things. Clearly. <laughs> and now she in there with the rest of them. She tried. Oh my God. Like, what are you, how are you doing this no. in a way that, are you Mr. Robot? What? <laughs> Is she either right or she dragged it to the trash can. Okay, so so this the podcast it, it when we're talking about the win of this, it takes us from the early days in Young Thug's life and then now a young adult. And I do say young adult, he's only like thirty three. The way that they tell his story, it makes you wonder, dang, did he really I know he seems like a good guy. <laughs> well, that's the point, right? Yeah. If his defense not doing as good a job as this, I don't know what to tell you. Because yeah, I don't know. Okay, I'll put it like this. It doesn't it doesn't make me say he seems like a good guy as much as this is a multi-layered person. This is not a one-dimensional sure. person who has done all For of sure. these terrible things. This is a person that has a history mm-hmm. but also unfortunately grew up low income, grew up with these mm-hmm. kinds of affiliations and things like that. Now, what will be interesting is whether or not they're able to connect that to actual gang activity. That we don't know. They say they can. That's why yeah. we're in this case. Right. Yeah. So real quick, right now, okay. he has been denied bond four times yeah. as of July of this year. Yeah, because he's considered a threat. I mean, unfortunately, considering how long they've watched him or been watching yes. him, and then on top of his music, it's kind of hard to to not take that approach, really, because you you you. You've given them enough to for them to paint this type of picture. It's not like he's been mysterious enough to where they could speculate. Yeah. It was kind of like, here you go. <laughs> well, that's where we are right now. The who, we're talking Young Thug, alleged mm-hmm. gang war that led to mm-hmm. the what, which is the first domino to fall, Donovan Thomas, a.k.a. Nut being killed, who mm-hmm. is affiliated with YF and Lucci. And that leading to the 65 count indictment with Young Thug facing eight of those counts. Mm-hmm. So that man has been yeah. in Cobb County since May 2022. Yep. Over a year at this yeah, point. Yeah, and the trial just started in January. Yeah. And just so you're aware, it's October. So that's how long yeah. that's how long we've been at it. Um, the law enforcement in Fulton County, Georgia is not playing with them. No. Zero games. Because who because who is leading the show here? A lady named Fonnie Willis. Let me tell y'all something. Listener, Fonnie Willis is not playing. Should we run down her resume please, real quick? Please do, do. Please do. Listener. She is the first female Black woman DA in Fulton County. That's number one. Number two, her father was a Black Panther. Excuse me? <laughs> exactly. Excuse me? She was an HBCU grad. She went to Howard University. She was a defense attorney. And she ran her campaign on gang violence. If that is not enough, she put teachers in jail <laughs> for cheating on a standard. It's not test. funny, but, like, so, we need y'all to understand. It's not. <laughs> but, like, she's not playing. At all. And if you don't know her, she's also involved in the Rico case with the Donald Trump. So she's she's taking names. 
we're kind of going into the conversation of why RICO, what it is. It's a pretty broad definition, but I'll break it down for you. So RICO, R-I-C-O, stands for Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act. It was published in 1970. I don't know if you I knew that. I did know that. I told you I'd be watching these mafia okay. documentaries. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So like since then, they've really been sort of like taking names with these RICO charges. And so that is what um, Young Thug is on trial for. I need y'all to understand Rico in the context of what they're accusing Young Thug of <clears throat> and his 28 affiliates. Yes, absolutely. Because I feel like the key words here are engaging in a pattern. So you have to gain, engage in a pattern of racketeering activity connected to an enterprise. If we consider what YSL is, I guess technically that will be deemed an enterprise, right? That includes gambling, murder, kidnapping, arson, drug dealing, and bribery. So those are like the big, yeah, the big thing. Now I don't know, but I don't know about gambling for Young Thug, but obviously there's a murder there, right? Yeah. There is. I, I don't think there's any kidnapping. I've not heard that, but we have some drug dealing. Yeah. Allegedly, we have some robberies. I want the listener to understand that everything we say is alleged. <laughs> we're we're telling you what the podcast has presented. Okay. And remember, the podcast is King Slime, the prosecution of Young Thug and YSL. If you don't hear us say it, it is all alleged. When we talk about Rico with regard to Young Thug, the most serious, I guess, charge they have against him is that he allegedly, allegedly. rented the car yeah. that was used in the yeah. drive by to murder Jonathan yeah. Thomas, AKA Nut. That's the most serious yeah. one he's got. That's the bombshell. That's the bombshell. Yeah. And though it may not seem like a lot, because they're mm. also tagging on all of these other counts, the 65 count indictment, if you're accused as being the kingpin, king slime, so to speak, mm -hmm. which Drake mm -hmm. and all of them mm -hmm. call Young Thug King Slime, if you're accused of that, all of those offenses are on your head. And they're going to, the people that are under him, they're going to be like dropping them off like flies to put enormous pressure on them to snitch on the head honcho. Yeah, really. yeah. And we're kind of already really seeing that. Now, I would be curious. I know we'll get to it later, but like Gunna is a key factor. Yeah, we'll talk about that in episode two. But I'll say the most key of the keys is Woody. Yeah. <laughs> the most yeah. key of the keys. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know how I forgot about Woody. You're right. He really is like, he's mentioned quite a few times. Well, <laughs> Woody times. alone is an episode, to be honest. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, probably. But yeah. we're talking about Rico, everything that um, that a Young Thug is up against, the relentless nature of Fani Willis with regard to Rico. She likes Rico. She likes Rico. She's been mm -hmm. using it quite a bit. She has a lot of critics a lot of critics because people don't feel that atlanta has actual gangs right they don't want to to characterize atlanta as a place as having gangs the way that you characterize mm -hmm. a chicago or an la yeah. la Be mm -hmm. and they're saying these are just kids it's like well <laughs> right. what are we talking about here you know like what are, what are we saying unfortunately two things can be true kids can be in a game, mm -hmm. right? right? And it may not exactly. look exactly like Bloods, Crips, but because they're, they're hybrid, they're creating their own thing, their own way of being. That doesn't mean it's not a gang. I don't know how this is going to translate, but gang activity is uh, easy is, is not the right word to, 
that I want to use, but for lack of a better term, like easy is like, it's, it's an easy target, right? Especially when you consider how they presented the statistics of the increase in crime. Oh, 2021 to 2022 was apparently a really, really awful year for crime in Atlanta. Right. And so like, how do you, she's DA, right? So she was, she was elected to be in this position. So how do you get a second term? If you, if you have your evidence of, you have your proof of decline in crime since you've been in office, you're guaranteed a second spot. You're guaranteed to be reelected. Around the nation, uh, crime went up. Murder rates went up significantly, more than it had in 100 right. years, which is crazy, right? Yeah. And then 2021 to 2022, apparently in, in Atlanta specifically, it went to like two times that or three times that, something crazy, right? Yeah. And yeah. what is being alleged by law officials is that those crimes were coming from gang-related activity. And she has been pushing that heavy. Mm-hmm heavy. She, mm-hmm. Fonnie Willis has been saying like, this is the reason that the crime has gone up. And allegedly, mm-hmm. ever since Young Thug's been in prison and, and all his YSL affiliates, allegedly crime has gone down. I don't live in Atlanta anymore, so I don't really know. But again, if that is true, she will be reelected for a second term because she's going after the big fish. It does not matter what your notoriety is, what your fame is. If you come to Fulton County, Georgia, and you commit crimes, and certainly if those crimes are in furtherance of a street gang, that you are going to become a target and a focus focus of this district attorney's office, and we are going to prosecute you to the fullest extent of the law. She's not playing. So we've talked about what RICO is. We've talked about, like, who is pretty much the on the battlefield to to move forward in this case, Bonnie Willis for sure. So explain to the listeners why, like what does Rico allow? Bonnie likes Rico for a very specific yeah, reason. So she likes it because she can give a whole picture of the crime. She says that jurors are very intelligent and mm-hmm. coming at them with Rico just gives them a fuller picture so they can make a more informed decision based on the facts that they get. So that's why she likes it. Right. And she don't care what nobody thinks. She does not. There's something about her I like. I ain't gonna lie. I might not agree with everything, but it's something about her I like. I don't know that the answer is to slap Rico on everybody and get everybody in prison. Like, there's something icky about the the prison, you know, pipeline here for me. I understand coming out of a crazy bump in in violence in Atlanta, having to be hard on crime. But what does that look like? What aftermath does it create? How long will we feel mm-hmm. that aftermath? That's what I think about with her. Like, I like the audacity because I think you have to have audacity in order to have that kind mm-hmm. of position, especially as a woman, especially as a Black woman. Black woman, yeah. But I worry about the long-term implications here. That's a fair argument. And I think that is why you need people like Chuck C and a lot of people who used to be a part of that and are now trying to be in the community to change that. And then unfortunately, those are the smaller masses compared to the bigger masses, right? So it's a hard, unless, you know, she is actively working with community leaders like that to decrease activities. But I mean, it truly is hard to say what's right or what's wrong. I don't even know if it's fair to even, even though I know that's not what people are saying, but I don't even think it's fair to ask her to turn a blind eye just because. Oh, it's absolutely not fair. But her being the first woman DA, first black woman DA, mad inspiring. I love her audacity. I yeah. really do. She seems very mm-hmm. 
She's not playing. Like we keep saying that she's just she's, she's, she's just not playing. <laughs> she's not playing and low key I'm inspired. She's a bulldog and she's unapologetic about it. Now, granted, we're seeing the finished product of whatever her experiences were before, but like you can't be a DA of accounting. You can't be no slouch or no pushover as a DA. Absolutely not. So I don't know. I, I do believe that some of the criticisms are fair, right? But that's that's a hard job. And so I, I, I like you said, I don't envy her at, at all. Now how you do that and how you connect with communities makes a difference. We've talked to you yeah. about Sonny. Let's talk to you about the representation, but very specifically the defense. The, the podcast brings up the fact that the law enforcement is not necessarily as interested in the smaller players unless they lead to the bigger play. And the biggest play mm. is Young Thug. So let's talk about representation, because let me tell you something. <laughs> these lawyers, yeah, these lawyers piss me off on a number of it's occasions. Bad. I'm not talking about Young it's Thug's bad. lawyer. He has a veteran under him. Maybe he'll be okay. I don't know. But the others are up-and-comers, people who have never dealt with RICO trials before. And I'm just like, this Mm -hmm. is such a ragtag bunch (laughs) of just, what is happening? Who's your mentor? Are y'all talking to each other about how to be? It's bad. Like, even the audio that they provided in the podcast. I was so annoyed. And I'm and I'm, I don't think age matters. Experience do. obviously does matter. <laughs> but in this case, I'm like, okay, I think y'all too young for this because the verbiage you're using in this in the freaking Let's court. get there. Let's get there. But first, let, let's talk about uh Jimenez. He was the first lawyer that they brought up, okay? Yeah. The biggest issue uh, that they have actually is how long this trial has been going on. And when the mm-hmm. podcast recorded, they hadn't even selected a jury yet. Okay. No. That's how crazy this process been has been. They've gone through thousands. Mm-hmm. Judge, is it Ural Glanville is the chief judge on the case. And he projected that the case would take six to nine months. Well, mm. we're in October. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so we learned from this Jimenez, the lawyer, one of the defense attorneys, we learned from him that they're just being paid, you know, Mm-mm. like a regular, whatever an appointed attorney would be. He wasn't mm-hmm. brought on by the label or anything, or none of them were. So I'm like, mm-hmm. for this kind of case. I feel like you need top notch people. I feel like. Mm-hmm. Let me just say this as, an, as a quick aside. And on some level, a PSA, when you're making your friends and your affiliations, pay attention mm-hmm. to what can actually happen here. Meaning like you don't have the economic, you're not even being lifted up to the same economic status to be able to defend yourself. Mm-mm. Maybe think twice about participating. Maybe right. think twice about participating because what happens? You get an attorney who's late. <laughs> mm-hmm. You get an attorney who's late for your mm-hmm. hearing, who can't show up in person and who the judge yeah. has to say, go get everybody some lunch because you're late. That was Jimenez. He had to get lunch because he was late. He decided that he wanted to go to Magic City and get some wings. And not only did he get some wings, before he left the place, he recorded himself on social media, picking up food for the jurors and whoever else he was supposed to get food for in the middle of the day. Wings. Now, I've heard the wings at, at a strip club is, is, is good. But my guy, why? <laughs> I don't, I'm not understanding. I'm not understanding the thought process of effort. You say sandwiches, I'm going to get wings. Not only am I going to get wings, I'm going to go to the strip club. I've never had the wings at Magic City. I hear they're fantastic. He got lemon pepper, my favorite flavor of wings. But here's my thing. And we'll get into Chief Judge Glanville. Just 
the the whole idea of this case is is also bringing with it the vitriol against hip hop, the vitriol against mm. black people, the vitriol against this notion mm-hmm. of who we are. Ooh, I'm not saying let's play, you know, respectability politics, but I am saying when you have a judge mm. like Judge Glanville, who is very much that straight laced law and order guy, you kind of have mm-hmm. to if you want to try to get your guy off. Right. This is right. not the time to take a stance or to affiliate yourself closely with the thing that people are using mm. against you. So I'm yeah. on any normal day, ain't nothing wrong with a Magic City wing. Right. Ain't nothing wrong <laughs> with it. But he told you to get sandwiches Absolutely. or pizza. Just do the thing that the judge told you to do. Get me, get me set free. Get my charges dropped. In fact, you're, listen. In fact, Your Honor, I don't even want him on my on my legal team. Actually, can you give me somebody else? If I'm if I'm in YSL, I'm like, hey, <clears throat> thug. I'm not asking for a lot, but I'm I am asking that you pay for me a lawyer. Like, can you right. help me get off with you? Because this this man is at Magic City getting wings. Getting wings and recording. I'm sitting in my cell every day. Can you get me a lawyer? Jimenez says in the podcast, he can't really afford to keep on this case long-term like this. And so you take that to the jurors as well. There's not too many jurors that can afford it either. But yeah, he's not the only one. Can we talk about Justin Hill? Yeah, we sure, we sure can. So Justin Hill was the defense attorney for, I think it was Damon Blaylock, mm-hmm. a young guy. I don't know. Maybe it hadn't even scratched 30 yet. Who knows? But he, his clip went viral online because he used, <laughs> what was the word used? I don't know, Your Honor. I feel like that's cat. You're going to jail. You're being, listen, what do they call it when you get thrown in jail for acting out Contempt in court? court. They I'm, I'm throwing you in contempt of court because who do you think you are? <laughs> this Justin Hill, when I tell you I disintegrated into rage, Immediately. 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 Like, it, yes, right. You know, people will say you should be able to be yourself not in the court of law. No. <laughs> like, and we're not even. And, and it, not for nothing, part of your job needs to be to become whatever's required to get your client off. And let me tell you what's not required mm. cap. <laughs> right. That's not required. Exactly. And truly, we're not talking about code switching here. There is specific language used in the courtroom. Cap ain't one of them. Give us a couple years, Cap won't even be a part of the lexicon. <laughs> I hope so, because I, I hate it. Why are you so unserious? Yes. You're so unserious. Oh, my God. Like, you, 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 you literally, as an attorney, could not have figured out another word. The thing is, to say- just before he said that, he said, it's just not true, Your Honor. You could have stopped right there. You could have just kept it there. I feel, I feel like he wanted a viral moment. I just do. Had to. I just do. But like, to be honest with you, it didn't go well because I was reading the comments under that video and everybody was like, oh no, my boy is going to jail because who says that to a judge? Who says that to <laughs> a judge? That is crazy. <sighs> Become whatever is required to get your client off. And I right. feel like between him, Jimenez, and... Who's this, Angela Williams? Miss OnlyFans? Let me just recap. We just told you who Fonnie Willis is. (laughs) We just told you who she is. We told you how she is. Like, what are you? I'm so serious. And why are you at Magic City? These are the these are the problems. Why are you at Magic in this dynamic with a Fonnie Willis? And and you'll soon learn about a Judge Ural Glanville. These are people not to be. 
with, okay? So all of this extra stuff, it needed to be so far back burner that it's not even something that comes up. This is about getting your client off, not about a soundbite. You shouldn't even have soundbites. Not at all. I would have to get a new legal team. Those are your attorneys, a few of them, some of the players. But then let's talk about these Mm -hmm. jurors. So apparently they've gone through 2,000 prospective jurors. It's the longest jury selection in the history of the county. Hundreds of people have filed hardship. This is how you end up with a jury that is not a jury of your peers. Who can actually sit on the jury for this? People who can afford to be out of work for that extended period of time. Right. Who do you have? Yeah. But... In the jury selection, we've come across our own little cast of characters. Mm -hmm. Back on the theme of nobody's playing with you. There was a juror sent to jail for recording. Yeah. What are you doing? That's like the first thing they tell you. You get it in the mail first. They tell you what you can and Mm -hmm. can't do. And not only that, you get an email. Mm -hmm. And then when you get there, they tell you (laughs) what you can and can't do. And also on the doors of almost every courtroom. It says no cell phones. It also tells you. Exactly. <laughs> it tells you. Exactly. It tells you. Yes. And so this particular juror, when there was that incident that actually went viral, I can't remember which um, a YSL member was the person screaming during this hearing. Mm-hmm. But when that incident happened, this young juror decides <laughs> to pull out her phone. Do you recall this court giving you the ad nauseum admonitions about acceptable behavior? About having phones out? Yes. At the moment when we came didn't, in. Didn't I tell you to turn your phone off? It was, I'm, I'm going to be truthfully and very honest. When it was a lot going on, we had just come from different Answer forms. my question first, and then you can explain it. Do you recall us telling you to turn off your cell phones? Um, yes, sir. He sentenced her to three days in jail. Yeah. She really did sound apologetic. Like, she, she seemed like she was shaking. I know. She was shaking. I felt bad for her. Now, she ended up getting released a few hours that same day. But, like, when I tell you, I would have been throwing up. (laughs) Because who has time to lose freedom? Like, my God, please. (laughs) And then you... (laughs) Speaking tongues and everything. (laughs) My God, please. He would have felt so sorry for me. He'd have been like, just send her home. Yeah, I would have been sliding down the wall. Oh like, my God, I can't. But see, the thing, this is like nationally, people are paying attention to this case. The judge has to make a point of this is not something to yeah. play with. So at any corner, at any point, you're going to get the highest yes. punishment because I need y'all to understand how serious yes. this is. And mm-hmm. long story short, he sent us another jury, juror to a 30-page paper, <laughs> APA style, 10 primary sources, 10 secondary sources, okay? Mm-hmm. I think he held another lawyer in contempt of court. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, it's just a lot yeah. going on. Yeah. And then there was another juror who didn't show up. She was the one, the no-show. She went mm-hmm. to Dominican Republic, y'all. <laughs> just I don't understand. Her. You know she put it on social media. And probably pinned it on her profile, so it's the first thing that you see. <laughs> The other recording they did have was the girl who she's like, I just completely forgot this was not intentional. And I'm just like, set the alarm. Guys, this is a national case that has a huge precedent. Mm -hmm. Set the alarm. Like, get there. Mm -hmm. So that's what we deal Mm -hmm. with. The jury is having an issue economically as well as just doing what you told. (laughs) But but it is important to have a jury of your peers. And I'm curious what they end up having 
like what the demographics will be. The bottom line is Me too. This judge is not playing with these people at all. But Mm-mm. let me tell y'all a little bit about the judge because Fani has, you know, brought cases before him before she said, but you know, before being chief judge, he was Brigadier General, Chief Judge, United States Army Court of Criminal Appeals. Mm. He was also the commanding general, NATO Rule of Law Support Mission, Rule of Law Field Force Afghanistan. So if you think he's going to take it easy, you would be wrong. You would be wrong. You would be wrong. In fact, that kind of background to me says that he is Fani times 10. Yeah. A strict rule follower. Very black and white. Very black and white. And which is why I say again, cap. Magic City Wings and yeah. OnlyFans don't belong yeah. in front of this kind of judge. No, not at all. You need somebody sharp. No. At all. And he, he's he's just not playing. And this is and it's just I don't know, Brittany. <laughs> I don't know either. I I don't I don't know. Young Thug, I don't know. <laughs> it's a lot going Everybody on. Everybody else, I don't I don't know. It's it's this is so entertaining as far as like how complex of an of a yes. deal this is. Now, inter- I don't want to I don't want to make light of it because people people have lost their lives, people aren't with their family, all of that. But like this is this is something. When I say entertaining, I don't mean it in the ha ha, let's have a good time kind of way. Right. But listen to this podcast if you're really interested in how the law comes together, how it works, how you can For build sure. a case behind something. And what goes into it. But in addition to that, again, this podcast goes from young thug, the little boy, all the way to where we are today. And mm-hmm. it does that across multiple stories, not just his story, mm-hmm. but multiple stories. So listen to this if that is something that you're interested in. Um, mm-hmm. If you want to learn how to not be a defense attorney, listen to mm-hmm. this podcast. It's really good. But with what they're up against, Young Thug, he stands to be punished for every single crime under this indictment if he's considered to be King Slime after all. Like Lauren said, podcast was 10 out of 10. Highly recommend. Very informative. I learned some things for sure that I didn't anticipate learning. And it really is. I was locked in for sure. Give us your takes on some of the stuff we talked about today. If you are pro Mm -hmm. Young Thug, if you have predictions on how this is going to go down, send them our way. This is has been broken up into two episodes because King Slime is a six-part series that was super dense and there was a lot to talk about. In part two, we'll be talking snitches, futureless kids, and what's next for Jeffrey. If you enjoy what you heard, make sure you rate and subscribe to Pod Club everywhere you get podcasts. But five-star reviews only. Don't play with me. Email us at podclub.podcast at gmail or send a voicemail to 832-919-8075 to give your take on topics discussed or to suggest some podcasts for us to listen to. And do not forget the socials. We are podclub.podcast on TikTok, IG, and YouTube. That is all for this week. Tune in Tuesday. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Bye.